Jordan Peterson has been on a roll of content lately, getting himself banned from Twitter and releasing video after video addressing many of the issues in our society. But on this video, we'll be looking at the one thing he believes that most of Christianity in the West gets wrong. What his main critique of Christianity is and how it may be impacting you more than you know. Bruce Lawn. So Jordan Peterson released a brand new video on his YouTube page called Live Not By Lies. Him and Rod, I don't know how you say his name, Durr are talking about faith and amongst a bunch of other topics. And it's a very, very interesting conversation that I wanted to jump in and unpack with us today. I'm going to play two clips and I'm going to tie them in to some scriptures regarding some things that I think pertain to many of us that sometimes get missed. So first clip right here is at about the hour and 33 second mark. And this is something that I've been kind of talking about a lot on the channel, but I want to play this for you guys, tie it into some passages, and then I want to show you guys another clip where he has some critique for a lot of kind of our mega church culture. So check this part out. Christianity insists that there are two, ele- there insists on the existence of at least two elements that have that nature, and one is that the highest should most properly serve the lowest. And we're going to look at some passages regarding that and what does that practically look like. But listen to how he goes on to unpack this. The hallmark of true sovereignty is the willingness of the elite, let's say, the talented, the productive, the blessed, the gifted, to to justify the unequal division of talent by serving to ameliorate the catastrophic suffering of the dispossessed. That was a great idea, and I want to dive in and really unpack that idea according to Scripture. But before we do that, I need you guys to smash the like button one time, push this up the algorithm. It's one of the easiest ways you can support this channel and get these videos in front of more people. Okay, so first is in Matthew chapter 20 that, that I find very fascinating, okay? And this is a mother's request. The mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor. What is it you want, he asked. This is Jesus speaking. She said... Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. So now the brothers are present, they're involved. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. But to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those from whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. So the other disciples hear about this mother asking if these two could sit at Jesus' right hand. And Jesus called them all together, verse 25, and he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He introduces this idea of an upside-down kingdom, and this is again echoed in Luke chapter 22, verse 24. Check this out. Dispute also rose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So now it's not about sitting in Jesus' hand. Now they just want to be great. They want status. They have ambition. 
Okay, and Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, he echoes the same thing he just said to Matthew, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Who is the greatest is the among who serves. So here's what we see with Jesus. We see Jesus presenting this idea of an upside-down kingdom. And what does that mean? That means, as Jordan Peterson echoed, that we bridge the gap as followers of Jesus by being willing to serve, right? In the clip, Jordan Peterson is saying one of the things of Christianity is that those who have status, those who have ability, those who have resource are to serve those who don't. And here, there's nothing wrong with them desiring to be great. It's just the desire, their ambition is misdirected into a carnal, fleshly way. And Jesus isn't rebuking the desire to do something. He's redirecting the desire and how to have a proper desire to do something onto the glory of God, which is serving, which is leading, which is the first shall be last and the last shall be first. If you want to be the greatest, you must make yourself humble. You must lead out of service and not lead out of power and out of dominance, right? Upside down kingdom. Now, this is also echoed in Matthew chapter 25, and he talks about one person who was given five talents, one three, one one, the one who had one, he buried the talents. But what many people miss, and I talk about this on the channel all the time, is how this transitions into the very next story, which is not a parable. It's an actual story about the end of days. Listen to what Jesus is saying here. This is Matthew, and I and really go and sit with the entire chapter of Matthew 25. I promise you, if you study this chapter, it will change everything about how you view stewardship, how you view ability, talent, resource, Everything will change in terms of your paradigm with, with regards to this side of eternity. Matthew chapter 25 starts with two parables. It goes into the parable of the talents. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. This is where it ultimately lands. Verse 35, Matthew 25, 35. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king, Jesus, will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So we see what Jordan Peterson just said, clearly exemplified in scripture, that Matthew 25, the parable of the talents goes right into caring for the least of these. That those who have much are required much. That those who are faithful with little will get more. Because ultimately, our resource isn't just about building our kingdoms and our names. It's actually about serving the least of these. This is all throughout scriptures. This is, this is the, the idea of an upside down kingdom. This is the motivation or should be the motivation for anybody that's ambitious, anybody that wants to build a business, anybody that wants to build a legacy, anybody that wants to do anything. I think should be coming from a place of wanting to serve and add value and benefit other people, both in their local proximity and extending to a global impact based on the decisions they're making. And that is what we see echoed all throughout the scriptures when it comes to the, the, the reason why we're blessed in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And so Jordan Peterson opens up with that, right? And I think that is a, a great assessment. Now, listen to his actual critique now of the, the the church in the West. I got a passage for this, and 
I also want to want to share a personal story that I think directly ties into this idea here in just a second. So listen to what is critique of a lot of what our mega churches and, and, and a lot of what our church culture is. So check this out. Life is rife with injustice, atrocity, and suffering. And so what do you do with that? Do you avoid it? There's good physiological evidence, by the way, that if you take two groups of people and you subject one group to a stressor involuntarily and you get the other group to take on the stressor voluntarily, that the pattern of psychophysiological response is entirely different. It's entirely different emotionally, Hmm. motivationally, and in terms of the damage it does. And so the involuntary imposition of a threat is stressful and damaging, but the voluntary acceptance of a threat is invigorating and revivifying. Did you catch that? He's saying if you take two groups of people, you create stressful environments. Say there's two two groups of people. One of them wants to get fit and are choosing willfully to go through a fitness boot camp. The other ones are in trouble and they have to go to some boot camp because they broke the law and this is their punishment. You take two groups of people, you put them through the same process. The people that chose to be there. Voluntary acceptance of a threat is invigorating and we're going to go somewhere with this in terms of how this applies to a lot of a lot of church culture in America. So just bear with me. Two different spirits. That's a good way of thinking about well, it. This might be a little bit off topic, but you're talking about young men and, and suffering. We have seen in the Orthodox Church and are seeing an inc- So Rod uh, Deere is an Orthodox Christian. OK, so he's he's coming from a different paradigm than a lot of us. A lot of you guys who are watching this are probably Protestant. Right. And so listen, listen to what he says. Increasing influx of young men into orthodoxy. And what we find that they say is that this is a form of Christianity that challenges them as men mm. because it gives them a fight. Mm. That orthodoxy is about asceticism. It's about fasting in season. It's about it gives them a fight. It gives them a challenge. OK, this is so interesting. So and there are a lot of folks, especially folks that, that have that have de- de- deconstructed Calvinism that are transitioning and becoming orthodox. Right. And so on and so forth. And he's saying we're seeing this and they feel like it's challenging them. Listen to what he says next. About overcoming the self. Yeah, well, it's clearly the case that the church is the modern churches. And this is probably most true of Protestantism, but and perhaps least true of the orthodox at the present time is that churches are asking far too little, not in, not far too much. The church should ask of you everything. And t- the church is asking far too little. The church should ask for everything. This is fascinating. Listen to what he says to next. To make it easy to be a believer is completely counterproductive. <laughs> it's, it's the most difficult thing to manifest, to, and to be a believer, I mean, to manifest the faith necessary to confront the iniquities of existence. Mm. Because faith doesn't mean the willingness to abide by doctrines that you regard as untrue, as we've described today. It means instead to risk yourself on the off chance that if you confronted life honestly, you could thereby transcend the suffering that's intrinsic in life. So listen to what he says. I'm going to pull this back one more time. Is that churches are asking far too little, not, mm. in, not far too much. The church should ask of you everything. And to make it easy to be a believer is completely counterproductive. Just to make it easy to be a believer is completely counterproductive. I want to hear from my pastor friends on this one. Okay. I want to hear from you guys with regards to, do you think this is, do you think this is true? Because I think it's a very polarizing statement. I'm going to point you guys to some scripture because in a society, in a mega church culture, a lot of times easy believism, making things as, as non-confrontational as possible, making the environment as comfortable and as, 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 as surrounded around your experience 
could this have been doing us an injustice in terms of actually spreading the gospel? I'm going to take you guys to a passage, and I want to share a personal story of how this applies directly in my life. This is Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his own, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You have to lay everything down. You have to be willing to pick up your cross and follow me. You have to be willing to lay down your life, how you want to do life, how you value your own comforts and pleasures. You have to lay all of that down. You have to pick up your cross whatever your suffering is going to be, and you have to follow Jesus. This is not really what's preached a lot on Sunday mornings. I've never really heard this verse preached a whole lot on Sunday mornings, if I'm honest. And so um, it's an interesting paradigm. So my question goes, goes to this. We're not saved by works, as Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, for it is by grace through faith you have been saved. This is not of your own doing so that no one can boast. So we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about now participating in the process of being a disciple of Jesus, as Ephesians verse 10 says, for it is you were created for good works, which, which God prepared for you ahead of time, right? The whole passage of saved by grace through faith in Ephesians 8, excuse me, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, 10 talks about how we're saved by grace through faith to good works, okay? To living our lives in a way where we are followers of Jesus. So I don't think salvation is about works, but I think sanctification and becoming more conformed and becoming more of a follower of Jesus does require some works. So with that, I'll tell you guys a personal story. When we uh, started this men's group, and this men's group went for, I don't know, eight years on Monday nights. And what we would do with this men's group is we would we would pop in and we would say, okay, we're here because we have placed our faith in King Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. We want to be conformed more and more to Jesus. And so now we want to get our lives in order. And there was a lot of men there that was single. There was a lot of men there that uh, wanted to experience financial breakthrough. There was a lot of men there that wanted to uh, lose weight. And we would sit down at the beginning of every quarter and we would say, okay, what are the goals that you have for yourself? What do you feel like God is leading you to do in this area? If you're single, who are you believing that God will, you know, bring into your life? What kind of spouse do you want to marry someday? What are your fitness goals? And we would make a list of goals and then we would meet every Monday and it would be a closed group. We would meet for 16 weeks. You couldn't come in, come and go as you pleased. You couldn't, you, you couldn't just float in and out. If you missed one, more than one, um, no show, no call, you were asked not to come back to the group anymore. If anything from the group ever came out and, and, and leaked out to other, uh, other communities or we knew you opened your mouth about something, you were asked not to come back. We set the bar very, very, very high. Some of you guys are thinking like, Ruslan, this is so over the top, man. Well, guess what? People said they wanted to do things. You say you want to find a wife. Well, what are you looking for? And are you becoming the type of person, the type of man that's going to attract this type of woman? You say you want to lose weight. Okay. And we would get on the scale for the folks that wanted to lose weight. We would get on the scale and we would check their weight and we would keep a track of what their goals were. Will you say you want to read the Bible? Have you been reading the Bible? And we went through the Bible in a year. We'd come every Monday. We would discuss it. And it was a very high bar. It was a very high bar, but until this day, the vast majority of men, this is, we would, we did this group up until about 2015-ish, 
And the more and more we, we raise the bar, most of those men are still in ministry till this day. Most of those men went on to be happily married and become godly husbands that are still married. Most of this men went on to become entrepreneurial and crush it in their finances. Most of those men went on to actually reach their fitness goals because we set the bar high and therefore it was able to give men an opportunity to rise to the occasion. Right. And so Jordan Peterson is saying, hey, like, I think we've just set the bar so low and we've made being a Christian so easy that maybe this whole thing has lost uh, uh, appeal to men that do want to challenge that are looking for something to lay down their life for. I don't know. I think in my personal life, the more that's expected of me, the higher I've been able to rise, the more I've been able to challenge myself. I want to hear from you guys, especially those of you guys that are in ministry. Do you think we need to raise the bar? Do you think we need to go back to this Matthew 16, 24, lay down your life, pick up your cross, follow Jesus approach? Not as a, uh, uh, this is what you got to do to be saved. This is what this is what followers of Jesus do. They actually follow what Jesus prescribed. That's what I want to hear from you guys. And so if you guys want to hear more of my thoughts on this, be sure check out more of my testimony story over here in terms of how I come to faith. And if you look in the description below, there's actually a course I put together with my Christian therapist called mastermyhabits.com. That is linked up if you're looking to form better habits and I'll see you over there. All right. Peace.